and welcome to Thinking Outside the Box with me, Tim Box. And me, Britt Box. We talk about all things to do with your mental health and emotional well-being and how to navigate your own mind in these strange times. But we're not doctors, so please don't confuse any of our advice for medical advice. And even though we come at these subjects from a slightly more light-hearted perspective, please do not think we trivialise any of the topics we talk about because we certainly don't. But because we come from a different perspective, we call the podcast Thinking Outside the Box. Hello, Mrs. Box. Hello, Mr. Box. How are you doing today? I am good, thank you. I would just like to start the podcast by saying if you have been listening to all previous episodes and you know the saga of Brit's teeth and what is going on with uh. them, you'll know that um, I ha- I, did I have braces when we started? I don't think I did. No, not when we started. No, no, so when we started, I didn't have braces. Then I had braces for several months. Then I had nothing. And now I've got a clear aligner in and my S's on the best. <laughs> to be fair, you're not too bad. I can sent, I can tell mm. from listening to you as you talk mm. that yeah, you've got something in your mouth. Yeah, so. it's uh, it's the S's. So if you hear me tripping over them, just bear with me. Just bear with me. I'm getting used to this, but this will only be for a couple of months, and then hopefully it'll be done. That'll be done. Yeah, was it been a year? It will have been a year. Yeah, from the very start. Wow. And if you want to see pictures of my teeth before and after, you can come check them out on my Instagram at Brit Marie Box. With your gorgeous, lovely, straight teeth now. Mm-hmm. They weren't that bad anyway, were they? They were. Like, I look at them before and they, I didn't realise how bad that... And it was you that looked at the little model and you were like, cool, they were wonky, weren't they? No, I, think, I think anyone, <laughs> if you take your teeth out of your head and you've got this little chattering, skeletal-like model of teeth, they're going to look a bit rough. I want to motorise them. Well, you've got about eight of them now. I've got so many now, yeah, just over the course of the time. So, yes, if you'd like to come see them, come check them out on my Instagram. I will say no more about it, but, yes, please excuse my slight speech impediment that I have at the moment. Okay, mm. so here we are, episode 30. 30. Three zero. Still not in serious podcast territory, though. Apparently not, apparently not. <laughs> um, oh, we best not get there, though, because then we'd have to do a serious podcast. <laughs> um, and today, Sunday the 10th of October. 2021. 2021 is World Mental Health Day. Yay! Yay. <laughs> <laughs> some Mild applause. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so here we are. Obviously, a mental health podcast. Yes. Doing a podcast about World Mental Health Day. It it's, seems appropriate. It isn't seemed. It? it seemed the natural progression, didn't it? Yeah. So uh, we thought we'd do one today. Um, I'll chill out. We're going to talk about mental health day, obviously, but we want to talk about our overview of mental health. Yes. Um, so we're going to talk about our take on where we are with world mental health, that sort of thing. Yeah. We're going to talk about our top tips for managing mental health. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the way that we do it personally. Yes. Yeah. Because obviously also I'm going to talk to you about the way um, the World Federation for Mental Health recommend managing your mental health. I think I'm on their website. You might well be. Mm. Um, but anyway, this is because it's the World Federation that came up with World Mental Health Day. Ah, then I think I might be on their website. In <laughs> 1992. Wow. 29 years ago. So nearly 30. Nearly 30, yeah. Oh, if it had been 30 years on our 30th episode, that would have been better. It would have been perfect Should symmetry. we just stop this now and do it next year? Yeah, see you in 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so the, the purpose of Mental Health Day was um, education, yes, awareness and advocacy against stigma. Okay. And mental health concerns. And it's now recognised in something like 150 countries. It was on my calendar. You yeah. know how like certain days are, are written on your calendar yes, already. Yeah. World Mental Health Day was on both of my my wall calendar and my little Disney desk calendar. Yeah, so yeah. That's... It does feel a bit like there's there's a mental health week or mental health month or mental health day thing going on a lot of the time because inevitably, me being in the industry, mm. I see a lot of pages and 
channels and things that talk about mental health and it does seem like very often there is a mental health um, red flag day that is about you know awareness and things like that do you as i'm going to go off topic just ever slightly Mm. do you as a mental health practitioner Mm -hmm. feel the same pressure that i feel as someone who talks about mental health to when it's special mental health days to do more than we normally do anyway i don't know you tell me brit on sunday morning um um, yeah i do it is mad isn't it and like you know even when i was baking there would be things like, you know, ridiculous things like World Victoria Sponge Day. And I'd be like, oh, great. So now I've got to talk about Victoria Sponges all day. Although it's, it's... World Victoria Sponge Day sounds awesome. <laughs> you like cakes so much more than I do. I do. That's fair enough I to say. I would rather have a block of cheese. I do love Victoria Sponge as well. Is, do you, would you prefer Victoria Sponge or like a cheesecake? Oh, okay. Cheesecake is officially my favourite. I will say, listeners, by the way, that when Tim and I first got together and he knew I was a professional baker... Not anymore. I am retired, <laughs> but, but I was a professional baker, and um, he said to me, "I do love a cheesecake." Although I will tell you, my auntie Jan makes the best cheesecake in the world. I'm like, "Oh, we'll have Auntie Jan's then." Auntie Jan does make the best cheesecake <laughs> in the world. I will, you will never sway me on that. You make a good cheesecake, but you make like um, is it like a baked cheesecake? No, I make both. Oh, okay, I used right. to anyway. Oh, look, you got all defensive. Yeah. Then. Oh, I make both. <laughs> I'm not a one trick pony. <laughs> Um, but no, I just I've just always remember Auntie Jan's cheesecake from when I was little. Oh, well, good for Auntie Jan. Um, <laughs> but I do no, I do find that when it's these sort of specific days, no matter what industry you're in, there is that then pressure to go. Oh, yeah. I need to talk about that. Absolutely. I need to. I need to push that. Yeah, like my my YouTube video that's going out tomorrow mm. is is themed around mental health day. So I'm talking about the the main myths about mental health that yeah, get yeah. that still get kind of um, what would you call it put out there yeah spoken about yeah. yeah so yeah i definitely you you want to you want to kind of tailor your content for what's what's in the public eye at the moment mm-hmm. and that's what you do as you know whenever you're doing your marketing and social media and things like that but yeah you absolutely a pressure to talk about this um on a more you know on a more focused level definitely mm. but um but again i was always going to say i don't think it's a bad thing that no. these things are out there and there is a possibility of fatigue to it yes. and this is the only this is why I mention it because if people like me are always talking about oh it's it's mental health awareness month and things like that then it can it can kind of desensitize you to it and and it can stop you paying attention to it yes but at the same time the fact that it's out there so regularly maybe we'll just start taking it into account now you know because it isn't just a day is it mm. looking after your mental health isn't just for a day and i think that's that's the importance of these sorts of events is spreading that message yeah i mean i have i have my own opinion on things like world mental health day which i think you said because obviously I cannot see, I, I think everyone knows by now, Tim comes with the notes and I just come with the chat. So yeah. Tim structures us <laughs> doing these podcasts. Loosely. Loosely. But do you have time on there for when we talk about our own our own thoughts on mental health? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got that. It's in the old agenda. Oh, yeah, wonderful. Don't worry. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, we'll come to that. We'll come to that. Well, I'll tell you what, first thing, let's talk about, oh, also, by the way, I do want to reference the fact that the three things, education, awareness, and advocacy against stigma, because that's the aim of this. <laughs> Sorry, you really reminded me of Julian from Ghosts then. Family, family, family. family. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the three important things. But, but I do want to keep referencing that back because that's that's the important thing here is that mm. if that's the aim of the day, then okay, what are we doing about that? You yes, know? yes. Um, but anyway, let me talk about it. Um, this year, the World Federation have said, uh, 2021, they want to, they've themed this event this year and, and they're calling it Mental Health in an Unequal World. 
Oh, okay. Now, this is interesting because what they, they're saying First on their... Um, yeah, well, I, you know, I do my research a little bit. I, I Google it. I look on the website, <laughs> you know. And on the website, they were saying that they've done some research during the whole pandemic thing. Mm. And the main effects of COVID on our mental health, I mean, they've been massive. And I think this oh, is yeah. why we're talking about it a lot more, yeah. is that I've, I've said this many times. I've been seeing clients who are telling me I've never struggled with my mental health before or anxiety or anything mm. like that. And it's down to this gosh darn pandemic the panini that's uh, yeah that's given us all these challenges mm. um but the effects they've noticed the three groups of people mm. who have suffered most negatively with their mental health during this period physically ill people who are, who are managing physical illnesses okay yeah uh anyone suffering discrimination yes and lone parents mm. raising children yeah yeah they're the three main groups that might experience increased levels of mental health difficulty mm. yeah which i think is interesting you know because it's like we say anyone put under the right or rather the wrong sort wrong, of stress yeah. <laughs> is potentially capable of struggling with their mental health yes i i have noticed as well that people who like you say have always said I've never really struggled with my mental health, mm. have struggled during this time. It mm. feels like it's just been the perfect kind of pressure cooker yeah. of all the, the worst things. Absolutely. You know, so, you know, limiting your social interaction yep. as well as, um, you know, working from home mm. or losing your job, maybe. Yeah. And, you know, the uncertainty and all of that. And, and I'm I'm a firm believer that the one one of the things that that triggers me for want of a better word mm. um is is uncertainty yeah, yeah and it's yeah. that kind of you know then that that fuels anxiety which then fuels depression and yeah that's well, we well this is the thing a lot of the time the traditional challenges for people when they suffer with their mental health are things like overwhelm yeah and um self-esteem issues right mm. now those are the two main themes that i see but safety is a real fundamental. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not talking just health safety, which obviously there are concerns during a during a, a pandemic, mm. but also safety about finances security. and family and security. Mm. Yeah. So it's really challenged people um, at their bedrock. The yeah. things that they thought were stable and, and weren't transient, oh suddenly I'm being challenged now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's the that's the big thing is that it's challenged us in a different way. Mm. Yeah. Um because of, you know, just we've never had to deal with it before. Yeah. You know? Um but it's interesting, you know, people managing physical illnesses. Um So people who've been like shielding and stuff like that. Yeah, as I well. think I think so, like long term yeah. illness is yeah. what we're talking about. Well but I know also, people like I I follow certain people online yeah. that are still shielding. Yeah. That have yeah. left their house to get the vaccine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe go to hospital appointments. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. But also the difficulty in just getting your day-to-day -day medical care at the moment yeah. because of the overwhelm that the medical the health sector is suffering. Well, this is it, and you know, not to not to send anyone down a spiral, but there is there is that that study that came out of how many people have been left undiagnosed mm. for a lot of things because yeah. they just haven't been able to get the appointments. No, exactly, exactly. Well, recently I was I was looking to get in with the doctor, you know, and it mm. was a real labour to get there. You know, there was a lot of you know hoops to jump through just to, to get to, to see doctor. somebody face to face. Yeah, you know, um, we are lucky to have the NHS, but it is. It is crazy how much it's been affected as well. Yeah, absolutely, and and, and naturally it's been stretched. You know, mm. and you we were talking because you follow a couple of people in the funeral industry. I do, and you know, around the the early stages of this, they were talking about overwhelm of of their resources. Yeah, you know, yeah, where, where there was. Well, you know, without no nice way of putting it, is it bodies piling up? No, exactly. You know? It's and then and then that then just fuels everyone else's mm. anxieties and fears. As exactly, well. exactly. But I think as well, 
I know we're not in a position to talk about this really, but parents, mm. um, because we're you know famously child free, yeah. <laughs> uh, and famously um, don't even have children in our house. <laughs> <laughs> not allowed. Yeah. we do not have a child friendly house. <laughs> the, uh, the no kids zone. Yeah, <laughs> we do though. You don't can we? check them at the door. <laughs> we've got we've got exceptions to the rule now. There's one, isn't there, Beatrix? Yeah. There's one. There's one of those. What, what's she called now? What is... <laughs> My friend Dan's child um, has somehow infiltrated. I'll tell you how he infiltrated. He just turned up with his child <laughs> and came in. <laughs> and we were like, oh, you're coming in with her. <laughs> um, but to be fair, Beatrix, Beatrix is lovely, isn't she? she yeah, when, when she's not trying to push the bin over. That's just kids. <laughs> but yeah. No, she's but adorable. All, all the stuff parents have had to manage with yeah. schooling and all that sort of thing as well. Honestly, like, I... I I could never do it anyway. Mm. Like, you know, I, I've, I've thought about it and yeah, don't get me wrong. I think, I think I'd be a pretty cool mum. I think I'd, I'd do all right at it. Yeah. I don't want I it. Thank you. Uh, I don't want it and I don't want to do it and I never will. Um, but even in this time, I'm like, Christ, I couldn't do that. Yeah, like yeah. it's kind of gone up a level uh, and anyone who's got kids, I've, I don't know how you're doing it. <laughs> well, well, this is the thing as well. I think a lot of the time mm. I hear people saying, well, of course I'm going to struggle because I'm in this grouping. I've got this going on. Yeah, yeah. And I think it, the mistake there mm. would be just to say, well, it's gonna, I'm going to have to feel overly challenged. I'm going to have to suffer mentally because mm. I'm, in, I'm in one, I'm this bracket that is suffering. When probably the message that the, the mental health, uh, what would you call it, industry is trying to get out there yeah. is, if you're in one of these brackets, this is why you've got to do this stuff. This yeah, is why yeah. you have to manage your mental health properly because it's one of those things that we don't realise we're suffering until we're quite deep into it, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes. Well, this is like one of the things that led us on to, to talking about this, wasn't it? Was mm. that if people say that they are dealing with their mental health, mm. people automatically assume the worst. Like they're, they're struggling because mm. that traditionally is mm. the only reason we would mention it, isn't it? Mm. If we're really, really suffering and now it's intolerable and we have to reach out. And yet you said that thing which I really liked where you said that if you just said to somebody, oh, I'm going to the gym because I'm mm. managing my physical health. Yeah. Like nobody would bat an eyelid. What is it? They'd be, oh, good on you. Great, yeah, great one. Yeah, you know, yeah. get, go for it. You know, mm. they'd, they'd be hopefully supportive of that. Mm. And they certainly wouldn't stigmatise the fact that you're looking to shape up a little bit and get fit. Mm. Um, whereas if you started to put out on your social media, here's what I'm doing for my mental health lately, or I've been, I've been neglecting my mental health of late, so I'm going to change this. You're more than likely going to get people assuming <laughs> you're, putting that out there because you're suffering yeah like, like a you're, cry for help yeah as if you're right on the verge of breakdown and um but this is it i go to you know i do aerial fitness two to three times a week mm. um i don't go specifically to to get fitter or stronger i go mm. because it it helps me and it's like a way of getting my energy out and it's a way of just sort of you know yeah. using up any sort of physical energy that i've got and mm. and and yeah getting stronger is a lovely byproduct of it mm. but i do that to manage me physically yeah and then there are lots more things i do to manage me mentally mm. but like you said a lot of people don't even go down the route of what can i do to manage my mental health until it's it's not not that it's too late mm. but until that door's already open yeah that's it because we're not thinking in those terms mm. at the moment and this is probably when we talk about raising awareness yeah. we're not just saying oh, you know, people are struggling with their mental health out there. We're talking about raising awareness of what you need to do on a daily basis. We're trying to normalise, talk about this stuff. Yes. Um, and not so much, not even just normalise talking about when you've got a problem, but yeah. just talking about no. it from a base level. Exactly. Mm. Uh, and, and this is the thing. So some people will 
I know there's certain people in in the sort of health industry that get criticised when they talk about mental health because, oh, but you've never suffered with your mental health. You've never been through it. You don't know what it's like. And the point was made on one of the channels that I follow that that's not only because people haven't been through challenges or they haven't, you know, they, they haven't suffered with mental health. It might be because as well, they've always been very mindful and protective of their mental health. So, so as not to go down that Exactly. Yeah. So they do the management stuff that stops them going to crisis point, you know, yeah, or maybe yeah. they've had that education from an early age. Now, don't get me wrong, everyone goes through different stuff. You know, yes. we, we talk about this a lot, don't we? The things that you've been through compared to what I've been through, and, you know, I've, I've, I've had it you know pretty damn easy i would suggest <laughs> but at the same the term time wrapped in cotton wool may, may <laughs> but, sometimes become. but you've said this before it's yeah. like you you look back and you think how did i not end up like a drug addict on or the killing street, myself yeah. with alcohol or on the street yeah. and i suspect it's because you did more to manage your mental health during that period than than maybe others did you say this i just think it was incompetence and accidental <laughs> I've thought about this. I think the only reason I'm alive today, not because I'm strong-willed or I've got like a fearless spirit. No, no, no. I was incompetent at killing myself and then the chips just fell where they did. And that was... <laughs> well, that's a great message to spread. I appreciate that. Uh, so there you go, listeners. That's our thoughts on... No, that was, you know, that was the early, the early <laughs> times. And then it, I sort of, you know... Yeah. Then but, I became the strong, fearless but, one. But I would also suggest that the things that we advocate in terms of managing mental health, there's certain ones of those that you do or, yes, and you've always yes, done and yeah. maybe you know people like your mum and your nan taught you to do and, yeah. and value yourself and take care of yourself there was yeah. aspects of what we would advocate that you're very strong on just yeah. naturally well that's yeah. it you know it's that it, it's that thing of without making myself sound like an arsehole because there's no other way to put this <laughs> I do think I am a strong individual and mm. not just not because of the tragedies that I've been through mm. because like you say that's how I was raised yeah yeah those were the 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 things that were instilled in me from an early age that I didn't even realise mm. were like mental health coping strategies. Yeah, exactly. And and this is the thing. There's, I mean, there's a whole myriad of mental health coping strategies, you mm. know, quote unquote, that we could talk about. Uh, some of these you'll be doing naturally already, and some of these you might not realise you're you're falling down on. And we're, and we're all we're all in that bracket. You know, yeah. some things we've been taught to value from an early age. So I know that you're a real take action person. Mm. If something he's doing, let's just get it done, you know, and, and that I think is valuable for your mental health. Um, it's just because I have no patience. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I know I'm quite naturally a, a kind of positively self-analytical thinker as mm. in I, I think about solving things for myself and, and what I can do I'm not I'm not an action taker <laughs> I'm very much a thinker more than a doer well, I they'll, think. they'll be just like random things and I'll be like oh I need to do that right I've done it and yeah. then there'll be things I'll be like have you done that thing yet have you yeah, spoken yeah. to that person yet and you'll be like oh I'm thinking about it I'm still it. processing <laughs> that. yeah I'm processing the steps I might like to take at some point to do that yeah but but again so you can already tell there's some positives about both of those outlooks mm. and some negatives about it as well and, and I think this is the thing there's, that we're talking about there's nothing about. negative about anything I do thank you yeah, of course yeah <laughs> that's one of the negative things self delusion <laughs> um but anyway so but let's before we get on to that I want to yeah. just so Raising awareness, it's been 29 years yes. of World Mental Health Day. Do we think awareness about mental health issues has been raised in the last 29 years? Oh, you just oh, literally. That on me. All right, Jeremy question. Paxman, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I think it has, mm-hmm. obviously, because we are far more able to talk about mental health things now than we ever have been. Yes. However, do I think this is a good thing? Oh, I hadn't even I hadn't got a note about is it good or bad, whether it has been or not. So, okay, I'm on the fence. 
I'll be honest. Yeah. I am really on the fence with it all because I feel like awareness we don't need to raise awareness. It's like when when they say about um, other charities where it's like, we're raising awareness for breast cancer. Yeah. We all know breast cancer exists. Yeah, right. You know, we're raising awareness for dementia. We all know dementia exists. Yeah, yeah. And raising awareness for mental health, I think then puts it in the bracket of illness and disease. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, not only do we all know that mental health issues and mental health struggles there mm. feels like there's a word that's missing whenever mm -hmm. we talk about mental health yeah um we, we know that they exist mm. but just saying we're raising awareness for mental health is as good as saying we're raising awareness for physical health mm. it's like people know that when they're feeling like they've not moved mm. go out for a walk okay people so, you know i just i yeah, just yeah. feel like when we keep saying raising awareness raising awareness it's not that i don't think it's doing any good because i absolutely do mm. because i can remember being in a job years ago mm. where i was too scared to talk about the issues i was having because i was worried i was going to get sacked right um, and i know that people don't necessarily have well, they still might have that stigmatization. I don't know. I haven't actually worked in a in a actual place of work in a really long time. Yeah. But I know it's a lot better nowadays yeah. when people have, you know, conferences at work and people have people coming in to talk about it. But the raising awareness for it, I think okay. is, it, I don't think it's a bad thing, but I kind of think, okay, we know about it. But now what? You're not giving right. people solutions. Right. I think that's that's where it isn't. This is the thing. The three aims, mm. education, awareness, and advocacy against stigma. So awareness is one thing, but you're right. It's education that we want. Because yes. like you say, when we raise awareness of, of breast cancer or dementia, yeah. we're actually trying to educate people about what's going on so they can Here help those. Here are the those. symptoms. Yeah, the exactly. And what, you, what can you do to help and things like that. Yeah. Um, I think as well, when you say about when you were in a job mm. and you couldn't mention it, you know, you didn't feel uh, empowered to mention it at the very least i think what we have now mm. is you can't just as a boss say oh they're a bit mental i might let them go and you he's know? using that terminology because that exa is exactly what <laughs> someone who was superior said to me in a job the yeah, exact yeah. words were you're not mental are you that was it <laughs> and I, I don't i'm like and I, there was a so there we go so <laughs> raised awareness i feel and education there was about a split second where i was like well, yes, but I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> but this is the thing. I think still in in the um, in the work sector, mm. there are still those that misunderstand what it means to be struggling with your mental health. Mm. Um, but you do have some protection now legally against yes. people's ignorance. Then you're becoming a victim of their ignorance. Yes. You know? So that's a good thing. Yeah. Mm. But I, I agree with you. Education is the key here. Actually, understanding it. And I'm when you say, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I think there is a lot of education put out there that misinforms, mm. not, not deliberately and, and not through any lack of understanding, but because mental health issues are so nuanced, mm. I, I'm forever saying to people, stop trying to manage your condition or, or the label you've been given. Just manage you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think if we can take the labels out of mental health management, mm. then we will be infinitely better off. And and don't get me wrong, I know that we've got to give things labels, we've got to give them yeah, names, yeah, yeah. yeah. but you, you know what I mean by that. Though, yeah, yeah, so like I, you know, we've spoken about the, the pros and cons of diagnoses, mm -hmm. you know, countless times over many things, and it can be incredibly empowering and incredibly helpful, but it also can be incredibly, you know, destructive. Mm. And 
it can cause people yeah. to spiral. Yeah. You know, you've got one person who maybe is feeling a little bit nervous about rejoining society after the pandemic. Yeah. All of a sudden, they're labelled with a clinical anxiety disorder. All of a sudden, they're now not leaving the house at all. Yeah, that's right. It's become their their burden. It's, it's the, sort yeah. of the, the baggage they carry with them now is, oh, can I do that? Well, maybe I could before, but now I have an anxiety disorder, so maybe I can't anymore. Exactly that. And like, you, you know, because I'm the sort of person diagnoses actually really empower me mm. so you know like I've got, I've got hypermobility before yep. when I just knew it was you know oh I'm a bit bendy I'm a bit double jointed mm. I didn't actually know mm. what I could do to manage it but now it's like okay I you know it's hypermobility syndrome so I can look it up okay yeah. don't do this do this make sure this is okay and it means that I'll actually be able to continue you know walking okay. upright into and, my 70s and also it, it... To some degree explained your pain. Yes. And, and it was so you knew it wasn't, oh, it's not like I'm now suffering arthritis. It's mm. because I'm hypermobile that I'm experiencing pain in these situations. In these joints, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas my brain instantly went to the worst case was I've got arthritis at the age of 26 or well, whatever it was. Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, actually, it's hypermobility. It's not amazing. It's not great. But mm. I know that XYZ will help. And it's and it's been yeah. a massive um, bonus for me. Well, you this, know? Is, this is the thing as well. So when when we get diagnosed with an anxiety disorder, it can be a positive thing because you're like, okay, that's why I feel this way. Yeah. Yes. But I, in my, from my perspective, <clears throat> the fact you now have, you can attribute a, a reason, an origin for it. It's not just confusing. I don't understand why I'm feeling this way. Oh, it's because of this. Yeah, yeah. I think there's better reasons to attribute, you know, more practical, functional reasons than just saying you have a disorder. Mm. And that's why I think sometimes <clears throat> the education we get in terms of, do you have an anxiety disorder? Here's signs that you might be suffering an anxiety disorder. It's like, I don't think that's helpful <laughs> no. sort of education. I think really it should be, here's some signs that you might want to change some things about how you're managing your emotional well-being, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. I think that would be much more positive because it's like, it's action we can take and it no longer stigmatizes taking that action because you would only do this if you were mentally ill. Yes, yeah? yes, yes. No, you know I, I, mean? I, I do completely get that. Yeah. And, you know, and my other... My other issue surrounding the sort of awareness to the point of it mm-hmm. is is when people um, are trying their best, okay, and I get it, mm. and you'll have people put on their social media, you know, oh, my, my inbox is always open, you know, mm. DM, it's like, okay, person I've spoken to four times in my life, yeah. I feel like I'm going to jump off a bridge, shall I message you? Yeah. And it's just... Yeah, it's it's great to sort of tell people, yeah, you can talk to me, you can rely on me, mm. but it needs more than that. It's yeah. not just telling people, oh, you can message me if you want. Yeah. That's not, and I'm not, I'm not saying I've got the answers because I really haven't. Mm. But what I'm saying is, is that spreading it around on social media as such, and then you do get people just saying, well, make sure you know you can talk to me, mm. you know. But the people mm. who are struggling might not be in that frame mm. of mind. I think the thing that it's done is it's made everyone believe that everyone with a mental health issue mm. can be solved by just talking to them. Yeah, I, I think that is a that is a bit of a misconception that is put out there. I think it's the when starting When I'm bad, point. I don't want to talk to anyone. Like, yeah. it's... Do you know but what I mean? Again, again, it's like... But you know a lot yeah. of the time you feel better when you do. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is... And that's the... I suppose that's the paradox, isn't it? Mm. You're asking people to do things, but part of the problem means they don't want to do that. Yeah, you know? and, yeah. and it is one of those things where you're you're sort of doing this counterintuitive thing. Yeah. Of what I want to do right now is curl up in a ball and just be alone. Yeah. But that ain't going to get you the other side of what you're going through right now. No. You know? Sometimes it's nice just to curl up in a ball for a little bit yeah I mean the way I've the way I've kind of done it is you know I know we're going to talk about managing our mental health but something Mm. just based on what you've said is if I'm feeling 
really shit. Like, really just not all right. Mm. I will allow myself a mm. certain amount of time mm. to hibernate yeah. and wallow and yeah. just be in it and leave me alone. Because yeah. you know, yeah. that, that does the process of lifting the pressure off you, yeah. of feeling bad about feeling this way. Yeah. And, and it's a part of, It's part of the acceptance, part of what you're going through, which I mm. think is a, is a valuable part. And whatever you need to do or whatever process you need to go through to say, it's okay, I feel this way right now. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's exactly it. So I know I spoke about this. If you listen to way back, maybe episode two, I think, where is Brit's story? Hi. Um, <laughs> uh, I spoke about how... Um, for a, a, a period in my life, after after I had, you know, I was suffering very badly with depression. I went through a period of like not suffering with my mental health like at all. And I was at the point where I was like, right, I have beaten depression. I am not mm, depressed yeah, anymore. Yeah. And then when I felt sad again after that, I was in this weird conflict of I can't possibly be feeling sad because I, I'm not depressed anymore. Yeah. And I, I planted a flag so firmly in the sand that it just made me feel worse yeah. because I was like, well, clearly something's up. And instead of looking at why I was feeling sad, I just tried to bury it. Mm. And actually, if I'd have just dealt with a bit more of kindness and acceptance and sort of, okay, I'm feeling shit, let's have a look at this, rather than ignoring it, mm. I maybe could have come out the other side of that phase mm. a lot quicker. Yeah, you know? exactly, because it, often it's the resistance of the way you feel that perpetuates Absolutely it and that. exacerbates it. Exactly, yeah. And this is what we say when we talk about acceptance. We're not mm. saying accept you're always going to feel no, this bad. No, We're saying accept how you feel right now, because mm. that will allow you to move to the next phase, whatever that might be. And that know? has honestly, I, I, will, I will mention this again, but that is honestly one of the things that has helped me the most, mm. that I'm now at that stage where I can honestly say, because I used to say I was either mm. depressed or not depressed. I either had depression or I didn't have depression. Yeah, right. And now I just know, actually, I'm quite just a, a complex being who may, who just, you know, flits through yeah, and manages those, it. And Those distinctions, mm. I think they only do us good when they're like, oh, I'm depressed. Okay, I need to do some things to help myself and change what's going on with mm. me. If we just spoke the rhetoric, if we spoke that language anyway, I'm not feeling as good as I normally do. What can I do to change that? What do I need to pay attention to? What do I need to be mindful of? Then we wouldn't have to give labels to depression or anxiety disorders because we'd just be managing how we feel right now and getting to a place where we feel better and doing the things necessary. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So, but because, you know, you're you're talking to somebody, you know, you say you you benefit from diagnosis and you Mm. feel like, okay, that explains stuff for me. You're talking to somebody who, I, I'm absolutely certain benefited from a lack of diagnosis. Yeah, it's so mad, isn't it? Because, Just... I mean, when I was suffering my levels of anxiety, I didn't even know. You know, this is 30 years ago as well. Mm. I mean, God almighty. 30 years ago. This has been going ago. nearly 30 years. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Yeah. What, what, this podcast, this particular episode. <laughs> <laughs> but this that's conversation. I, mean. I, I, I literally, around 30 years ago, I worked out, you know, I'm 48 now. 18. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. 16. He is 48, which means next year, Tim is 50. Next December. You don't look it. Half a century. Don't say that. <laughs> Christ. Um, can I just say, I'm just going to a little caveat, a little side, uh, side uh, bar here. <laughs> I was at the doctor's the other day and uh, there was a nurse and a doctor and the nurse said, so uh, 1972 you were, you were born. I was like, yeah. She said, and she just said, looked at me and said, you look amazing. <laughs> She didn't say, oh, you look quite good for your age. She said, you look amazing. Jasmine at Get Ready Comics was also flabbergasted that you were 50 next year. He loves it, honestly. I do, I do love it. I tell you what, just do us a favour. If you ever meet Tim and he he says how old he is, just go, yeah, I can see that. (laughs) Brilliant, thanks very much.
So what, we talk about the things to manage mental health. Uh, just get people to guess my age, and then if they come back anything in the thirties, I'm like on cloud nine. Also, you're you're fifty next year. You've got a thirty three year old wife. Well done, you. Well done, exactly. Yes. <laughs> How um, have you managed well, that? Let's not drift too far down that particular <laughs> topic of inquiry. Um, but yeah, so but that's what I mean. So I think if I'd have gone to the doctor to mm. be diagnosed with my anxiety. I would probably very much have got locked in that diagnosis and sort of fixated a little bit on that. And got anxious about it. Yeah, probably, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think because I didn't I didn't even know the word anxiety existed within that context, within that framework, yeah, yeah. you know. Well, so, things in 1812 were different, weren't exactly, they? Exactly, yeah, we didn't. <laughs> long as long as we could feed our horses, we were happy. Um, but, but this is the thing, it's, so I, I didn't. I didn't really go down that path yeah. and I what happened was because my anxiety was very much caused uh, by the environment yeah. and by my own psychological kind of circles in my mind, yes. the, my little vicious circles that I got into, when my environment changed and I started to do a little bit of like that positive self-reflection, that yeah. I, you know, um, I learned a little bit about critical thinking, that enabled me to just move past it and come out of that phase and, and work out how to respond differently. Mm. And, and and I don't, you know, there's there's obviously, a, that's a very, a very reductive pricey of what I actually went through the process, but it did, doing that process did help me get the other side yeah. of it. And I wonder if, if I'd have been diagnosed with an, you know, quote unquote illness. Yes. And given medication or something like that, would that have? would then have been my story. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. So I think there's there's both sides, but awareness has definitely increased. But as you say, sometimes good, sometimes bad. I think mm. you know. Anyway, I want to move on okay. um, to the next step, the next phase of this podcast, okay. which is called Next Steps. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do we want changed then? What do we want to see to happen differently? Why are you putting me on the spot like this? <laughs> because I'm not on news night. Why are you? I believe I come with the notes. You come with the riffing off of the. What did you ask? I didn't. I wasn't even listening. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, what do we want changed then about about how mental health is handled? I'll edit this silence out. <laughs> Okay, let me start then. Cause no, I, honestly, you just sprung that. I woke up like half an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> sprung this bumbling. Okay, look, let me let me tell you what where Thank I'm going. Thank you. With this. Yeah. Like, I, we've sort of we've touched upon it already. I want to. I would ideally like to normalise. Yes. Talk of mind management. Okay. Right? So we talk about physical health, as you said, yes. but we don't talk about managing mental health. Yes. I would like that to be a very normal part of what we do, and I would like to see that sort of education in our schooling. Oh. Because I I did PE from day one. You want to do school. you want to do not ME. No, hang on. We don't. No, that's not, no no MHE. What's that? Mental health education. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, there we go then. Um, I wonder where you were going with that. <laughs> yeah, but this is it. I I did physical education from day one. Mm. Every week I was at school, well, there was some form of exercise in there. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> I think in my whole. However long you're at secondary school for, I don't know. I was I, I had to leave early when my mum died, but I, you know, from eleven onwards, um, I think I only did a handful of PE lessons. Amazing. I was like, this isn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't for me either, but I still did it. I couldn't get out of it. Oh, I could because I could forge my mum's signature. <laughs> Amazing. So you learned you learned a different set of skills at school. At I was time. not doing PE. I tell you what, I did one I did one PE lesson one winter and it was outside and it was on the rugby field and I got wet and I got muddy and oh. it was horrible. And I was like, no, thank you. I, I remember in the winter we mm. we went out for a rugby lesson. It was snowing. Yeah. The snow was on the floor. It ended up the games master. <laughs> 
just said, right, let's have a snowball fight. We were in our shorts and our rugby <laughs> shirts, yeah? I remember saying to my friend at the time, yeah. I think this this qualifies as child abuse. I really do. Because <laughs> you're going to call child line. <laughs> well, I, I was so cold. And I feel the cold, you know that. You it's not just cold, because I'm yeah. 48 years old. It's because, I, for some reason, I feel the cold. I like the warm environment. I'm, I'm a warm weather creature. <laughs> it was freaking freezing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You pick up one snowball without your nice, warm, comfy mittens on, and your hands are freezing. There's no, there was no getting warm. Also, side, side note... Um, I hate snowball fights. I hate making snowballs. <laughs> hate throwing snowballs. Hate the idea of snowballs. Hate it. I'm always that kid that ends up crying because he got one in his eyeball. You know <laughs> what I mean? I just, I was always there. I'd, I'd go in gung ho. I'd be like, yes, yeah, snowball fight. Two I can't see later. anything positive about a snowball fight, right? So your gloves get wet, I mean, so your hands fun. are. Cut. It's not fun. It's not, not my idea of fun. Keep it away from me. <laughs> No, thank you. Anyway, um, so I only ever did a handful of PE lessons. And, um, you know, I, I, granted, it could be argued, oh, maybe if you did a bit more PE, you wouldn't be fat. But um, <laughs> I don't care because I didn't have to suffer. So That's your inner critic talking, yeah. man. Aren't <laughs> I went and got a flapjack and sat in the drama room. <laughs> and, there, and thus was the story of young Brittany. <laughs> um, but yeah I, I, yeah, I wasn't a fan of PE. Actually, I got out of swimming. Because um, when I was 11 and 12, uh, 11-12-ish, I developed epilepsy. Oh. A mild, a mild epilepsy. Oh. It was, it was enough to get me out of swimming. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, just, I've just literally had a flashback then. Um, so we had a combination of male and female PE teachers. Mm. And if we had male, the male PE teachers, there would be a load of the girls that would just be like, oh, I can't because I'm on my period. Amazing. And the guys would get, they would get so flustered. Yeah, because like, oh, never, oh, okay, oh, just sit out. It then. would be that, so we just wouldn't do it. But if the female PE teachers were on all, that wouldn't slide <laughs> they'd be like so am I get on the field <laughs> so don't mess with me yeah brilliant um yeah but honestly that's the thing PE is absolutely normalized mm. it's an essential it's it's one of the key curriculum things <laughs> I mean as far as teachers are concerned not as far as you were concerned no also you could do PE as a GCSE now far be it for me to shit on the qualifications of other people yeah but surely that's just running about <laughs> the fact that you think that just tells me how absent you were from your PE lessons, yeah? I mean, I, I don't remember much different oh, from Oh, my God, we're going to do your GCSE, we're going to do your practical now, let's have a game of tag. I think there were, there was more to PE, I remember there was bean bags involved at some point. Bean bags, oh yeah, to, and what's your GCSE in? Bean bags. We used to run with, we used to pass bean bags, I think, I believe so anyway. Um, but no, why Why is our emotional education not taught to us from a young age? Yeah, we, we tell stories and we have little fables that tell us, you know, little things we need to know, but... Honestly, understanding why we feel a certain way and yes. why that's okay, yes. it would it would stop a lot of us from getting to crisis point later on in life. Mental you know? health classes should absolutely be in schools. Yeah. Should abs and not just like, oh, a little workshop over lunch. No, they should be a lesson yeah. just like PE is a lesson. Yes, exactly. And, and I... I, I um, that's awful. <laughs> but and, and normalizing it would it would do the job that I'm looking for of normalizing the rhetoric around managing your mental health. Do you know the first time I spoke to a therapist? Yeah, I was uh, eleven or twelve. Yeah, um, because I had a lot going on in my childhood. There's there's so much more than I've spoken about on this podcast, but we haven't got time. But um, I had a lot going on in my childhood, and I was starting to self harm at a really early age. Yeah. Um, and I was seeing. I was seeing a, a child psychotherapist, psychologist, psychologist, something. Yeah. I was seeing something, and I was and I was put in this daytime sort of children's home thing mm. um, to 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 speak to them at the, at the weekends and stuff. And it was, and I feel like 
if mental health had even been addressed, mm. I wouldn't have felt like I was 12 years old and going insane mm. when I was dealing at the time with stuff that a 12-year-old should not have been should dealing with in her life. Yeah, exactly. So it's like it was. It, there was a reason I was feeling yeah, this way yeah, yeah. that I was just led to believe Oh, your brain's not working. You know, yeah. you're you're this, you're that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this is it. It's just about being able to say, look, I, I don't feel great right now, but I'm not worried about how I feel. It's just that I'm going through some stuff right mm. now. And and I also, I'm just, I don't know. Again, I uh, I can't speak about this because I'm not a parent. I'm not going through those struggles, and I'm not seeing children go through those struggles. I'm not a huge fan of kids in therapy mm. because I don't think I don't think at that age we're particularly equipped to process the fact that now we're being put in a room outside of our normal classes to talk to somebody about how we feel. Mm. I think if we were just given the education so that we understood this stuff without having to be taken one-to-one yeah. and saying, look, I know you're struggling, here's someone you can oh, talk to. it was so to. daunting. It yeah. was really scary. I'm a bigger fan of educating the parents mm. and the parents having those conversations with their kids mm. and talking about it and making it normal mm. to articulate that. I mean... For all of, of you know how lucky I was with my upbringing, mm. we never talked about our feelings. We never we never discussed emotions in my family. Well, it's funny because you know what my mum did for a living. Yeah, she was a mental health nurse. Yeah, she was literally a mental health nurse. And when she saw how the psychiatrists and everything were talking to me, mm. she did not like that one bit. She was like, "Oh, I thought this was going to help, but it just feels like you're making her worse." Mm. So. I got taken out. And again, this isn't this isn't meant to be down on anyone that, that works with children who might no. be listening to this podcast. Because again, there's great work being done. There it's is just, now. Yeah, there yeah. certainly wasn't when I was a kid. <laughs> but it's just a shame that we've so much now we're seeing so many children struggling at that yeah. early age. Because I feel like if we just had you know, if we were better equipped, if we were given the tools, mm. we'd have a much better chance, wouldn't we? And if they weren't on social media 24 hours a day. Well, that's a whole other story that we've mentioned many times. Yeah. And I feel like we've still got lots to say about it. Mm. But, you know, especially in the light of the, the revelations about Facebook oh, yeah. and Instagram. Yeah. If, you, if, if you're listening to this after, you know, at a different time of, of year or, or whatever, it came out in the, the media, there was a whistleblower, I can't remember the lady's name now, saying that Instagram, you know, Facebook had done research that, that suggested Instagram was negative, had a negative impact on the mental health of teenage girls. Yeah, and it's like nobody's shocked there, but finally, it's finally just yeah. actually been said. But I think the big thing is there that Facebook know about it from their own independent and research care. and have taken decisions based on profits rather than mm -hmm. their mental health. But yeah, so there's a whole, yeah. So that's what I would like to see, the normalisation of that chat and to get the subject introduced at school level, yes. like from day one. Yes, yeah. I agree. Okay. I agree with you. Oh, good. I'm pleased. <laughs> Why would you disagree? Yes. Very good. So, nah, screw them. <laughs> I'm not down on children. I just don't care. <laughs> um, but anyway, so... No, you know me. As yeah. much as I'm not keen on children, I don't ever want to see them struggle or suffer or, you know... You know, well, you sin me. I'm always the first person. You're, you're so. the, what I would call the first responder type. Mm. If something's going down, you get involved and help people. Yeah. No matter what age. Yeah. What background. Yeah. Um, I, I help people in need. You do. You do. <laughs> um, which is actually, oh, this is going to oh, segue beautifully oh, on. Nice. Well, um, because we've got now, I've got two lists on page two of my notes, by the way. Brilliant. One is the tips that the World Federation for Mental Health put on their website for managing your mental health. Right. And one is my tips, the things that I do to manage my mental health. Okay. Okay. Should we talk about it? Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> Maybe get your, get your input on this? Yeah. Um, right. The first thing they say, number one, talk about feelings. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, so again, we've just spoken about the whole 
talk about it to people. It's the. It, I think it's got to be probably number one on mm. list is is to just talk about these things. Yes. And make it not. I get that. There's a bit of me that wants to say, talk about your feelings, like in a, in a sort of, <laughs> as if it's like, it's a weakness thing or if it's a woo-woo thing or a wishy-washy thing. But then that's the problem, isn't it? Mm. That so often when we say talk about how you feel to people who you care about and they care about you, it seems like it's it's expressing weakness. Well, no, also I see it as, you know, it's really daunting. Yeah. Like if someone you, you know mm. is like, I'd like to talk to you about my feelings, mm. you're like, Okay, what does that mean? Well, you know, we're really, it's just just having a normal conversation. Maybe this is where the education comes in, mm. is so that when your friend says, I need to talk to you about something a bit more serious than we normally talk about, yeah. you know, then you're not like, oh, uh, do you need to see somebody? Because I'm not really equipped to give Absolutely you the right advice is. here. It, it would be good just if we were happy with those conversations, wouldn't it? Like my friend said that they were struggling. I said, come over. They came over and we didn't really talk about their feelings at all. Mm. Just the time, the time, the whole time that they were here. And yet I still got a message afterwards saying that this afternoon really helped me. Thank you. So yeah. it's it's not even right. You don't have to, you don't have to be a psychologist or a psychiatrist no. or a therapist. You just have to listen to whatever they're, they're going to say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, right. The next the next three on the World Federation's list, I believe, are all about the mind body connection. Oh, go for it. I would say because I've, I've grouped these because you can see there's little groupings of advice here. Yeah. Um, keep active. Okay. Eat well. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, drink. Sen- I like a vegetable. <laughs> yeah, drink sensibly. And I mean alcohol there, not like, you know, just. So, so drink it, but do so wearing glasses in a library. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, let's just break those down, shall we? Um, a lot of the time. So let's start with keep active. Yes. Yeah. So we, we know exercise. There is there is a mind-body connection. Yeah. You can't really do anything with your body that doesn't affect your mind. You can't do anything in your mind that doesn't affect your body. Yeah. Mm. We, we recognize this now. It wasn't, it wasn't recognized, you know, 30 years ago so much as it is now. Yeah. But you now have doctors advocating physical activity for mental health because we realise it impacts. Yes. We do Um, also know that just going for a walk is not going to stop you feeling depressed. No, but at the same time, there's other things that that does. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you're talking about actually going for a walk, okay, so you could exercise in your home Mm. and you'd get all the endorphins flowing and it would get your body moving. I think endorphins are a myth. There's, I do as well. I've never felt any endorphin rush, to be fair. I felt, I've always felt knackered. I felt tired. Yeah, that's it. Um, but there's there's a couple of things there mm. that happen. So if you're doing a workout, it makes you feel good. Oh, I've done that workout. I'm pleased I did that. It's self-esteem boosting, yeah? yeah. yeah? It, also, if it's anxiety that you're dealing with, mm. there is a real call to action that goes on in your body when you're feeling high levels of anxiety. It is the fight or flight response. Yep, yep. If you can actually answer that call by moving, yeah, it yeah. kind of releases a lot of the tension that's held in your muscles. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. Um, so that's that. All that's good. But also, if it's the activity you're doing is like going out for a walk, you're changing your environment. Yeah. You're breathing fresh air. You're in a you're in a bigger space. So you're not just kind of imprisoned with your thoughts. Yeah. Different stimulus will create different thoughts as yeah. well. So you're suddenly. So when I go out for my walk in the morning, anyone that follows me on Instagram, you'll know I do an occasional sunrise shot or a little. I'm you know, in bed when he does. A this. little landscape of where I'm of what I'm looking at. But you know, you're looking at the sun. You're mm. looking at the trees. You're looking at you know the animals. There's little rabbits that run around. You're having different thoughts. And that's a good thing when you're just sort of trapped in your own emotions and your own little world. I do get that. The one thing I just want to add to that, which you probably weren't, wasn't expecting me to caveat with, but, you know, one, what you've just said on this side, mm. you know, the people that maybe 
can't go out mm. as easily. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Or can't go out for a walk or can't go out. You know, like there are days when, when the joints in my legs and my feet just go, absolutely not. You're not going anywhere. Yeah. You know, it's it's that. It's it's So when I kind of think, I know there's a lot more on the list and I look forward to hearing it. Mm. But when there is just a main rhetoric of, you know, get yourself outside, yeah, stay active. Yeah. And it's like that feels very ableist because it's very kind of, not everyone has got the capability to do that. Yes, and I think we, we recognised, didn't we, that when we had that first lockdown and we don't have an outdoor space in our house, or yeah. we didn't at the time. And they were like, go out in your garden. It's yeah. like, oh, we I'll stick my head a, out the window then, shall have a, a little side walkthrough that is disgustingly messy. <laughs> and the, yeah, that's now. That's, that's now, now. A beautiful courtyard. courtyard. But that's what we did. So yeah. we did something to say, right, we're not going to get caught out like that again. But I've lived in a flat. You know, yeah, I've lived yeah. in two flats with two... two to flats with no gardens that I'm, you know, I feel for everyone who went through lockdown in a flat with no outdoor space. So here's the thing though. I remember when you were suffering, Mm. when I knew you in the early days that I knew you Mm. and you did this thing where if you were really feeling like these walls are closing in now, Mm. you'd literally just go over the road to the little park area that you had opposite your flat. Yeah, sit on swings. (laughs) Yeah, and just sit there. And, and, you know, it's not necessarily like this has changed anything about your life Mm. or the situation, your circumstances or your struggles, but now you're breathing fresh air and you're looking at different things. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and I don't know, it's just also, if if you live in a place where the sun is shining on, mm. you know, obviously we're in England, so, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, the sun on your face can feel great. You know, yeah. the breeze blowing blowing through you, you know, just, just sort of washing away the cobwebs, that can yeah. be a good thing as well. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it should maybe be changed from, like, keep active to, you know, change your scenery every so often, yeah. stick your head outside. Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. Just, and it's just taking action, isn't it? Mm. Um, with regard to, I'm not going to dwell on eating well, because that's kind of, yeah, um, hopefully we're doing that. But i tell you something, you will feel it if you eat, you know, a lot of, I don't know, Eating a lot of bad things can make you feel bad about you, mm. um, and also well, there's no there's no good or bad foods. It's mm. you know it's it's eating eating the things you know aren't particularly good. It's you know you wouldn't put diesel in a petrol car. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. eating the things that aren't necessarily uh, conducive to uh, a healthy body. But I think with, with eating and drinking, there's mm. this this trap we fall into mm. of going for the what's going to make me feel better right now. Yeah. yeah oh yeah, yeah, that bit of chocolate will make me feel better right now because mm. I like the taste of chocolate and it will you know give well, that me glass all... of wine will make me forget about uh, exactly. But they don't they don't fuel you in the long term. No. They they kind of they do long term self esteem damage yeah. and, and 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 mood damage and when really you probably need to manage other things rather than simply say, I'll eat the food or I'll have the drink that's going to make me feel better right now. Yeah, it's one of the reasons I stopped drinking at home. Yeah. Because I recognised that I would have a drink when I would feel bad, but it would just make me feel worse. Yeah. So now as a result, unless it's Christmas or New Year's or my birthday or, you know, special Mm. occasion, um, I don't don't drink at home. Well, this is it, reaching for, feeling like you need a glass of wine to relax or you need your drink in your hand to relax at the end of the day. Mm. It's it's a go-to emotional strategy, but it's not going to be one that will do you long-term much good because then if you start to feel worse, you'll think, oh, I'll have have more of that strategy Mm. then and, and it leads down a dark road. Um, but anyway, yeah, so eat well, drink sensibly. Right, the next three, um, I think, are all about managing things like overwhelm, which okay. is, again, as I mentioned before, a big cause of, of mental health difficulty. Um, first one's keep in touch. Yes. With, you know, people. people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ask for help. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and that's not just about mental health help. It's help with what you're doing, help yeah. with what you've got going on. Can I, can I delegate that to somebody else? Mm. Could somebody give me their resources that would assist with this? Yeah. You know? uh, and seven, um, take a break. Take a break. 
nice. I knew you were going to do that. I literally could have written a note there. Brit will now sing that bit from Hamilton. <laughs> well, he didn't take a break. And look what and happened. And look what happened. Well, then he had an affair, didn't he? That was, yeah. that was the, he sort of took a break. Oh, show me how to sing all of this. Anyway. Rather than just singing highlights of Hamilton. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. But the, the whole thing here mm. is if you're talking to people. Yes. If you're getting help with stuff when you need to. Yes. And if you're taking a break from the stuff that is potentially your stressors, mm. then you are less likely to become overwhelmed and put under the sort of pressure that will impact your mental health. I completely agree. Um, I feel like, because we just spoke to him yesterday about this. Um, <laughs> Are you going to call out our friend? <laughs> our friend Paul at Get Ready Comics. Yes. Where we were talking about the Back to the Future uh, musical, as yes. you spend a lot of time doing right now. Honestly, it was the best thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And if we don't go see it immediately soon, I'm going to cease to exist. Amazing. It's that good. <sighs> you, you now become dependent on it. I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. I've never seen anything like it. And I've seen a lot of musicals. And I'm just. It was. I'm not I okay. enjoyed it. I when are we seeing? It. When are we going again? Well, In a couple of weeks. Let's arrange that after right. we've done this podcast. <laughs> I need to know. You've mentioned it now. Yeah, but anyway, so we were saying, oh, you have got to see it because Paul will love it as well. Hmm. Um, and he was saying, oh, well, we can't both go because that would be an evening where the emails and the website wasn't manned, hmm. and they literally, him and his wife can't do something together. Because one of them has to be working at all times. Mm. And I'm like, hang on, Paul. You know, and Paul was like, that's not good, is it? Like, <laughs> it's not. because you And can't... then didn't he say, you can talk about this on the podcast? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yes, we are, Paul. Um, but we all fall into this trap at times as yeah, well, absolutely. don't we? Where we've, I remember, oh God, I remember you I used was to, there. When we got together, oh, yeah. when we got together, you were working until sort of 10, 11 o'clock at night. And yeah. I'd be like, can you, have, can you give it a rest yeah. now? And this is the thing. There's things you do in your work that you really enjoy. And you're like, oh, I'll, I'll do that mm. a bit. Like, I'll, I don't want to stop. I want to keep going. I'm on a roll here. Yeah, don't you? There are, there are tedious things as well. Yeah, people in 9 to 5 can't relate. Well, but this is the thing. And Paul was talking about the real tedious stuff he didn't enjoy doing that he had to do at mm. times. You know, things like managing people. The, yeah, the yeah, comments yeah. on social media and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but it's like, if you don't actually take a break from this stuff, you're going to do yourself harm. And having if you this. Don't, if you don't make time to take a break, your body will force you to. Exactly. That's, oh, that's a really good point. Mm. You know, the number of times I'll see people who are dealing with migraines mm. or fibromyalgia yep. or some sort of chronic pain issue simply because something about them is now objecting yep. to this constant abuse, if you like. Yeah. And, and they're starting to, you know, they're breaking, basically. Yep. Um, that's not a good way of doing things, yeah. So, yeah, taking a break and, and managing to put that into your schedule is important. Yes. And I, and I really like that advice from the World Federation. <laughs> um, okay, and finally, the last three groups are, are more about, I think, self-esteem. So this is a good one. Do something you're good at. Oh. Yeah, so I think they're talking, they're talking sort of hobbies and yeah, pastimes yeah, yeah. and things like that. Just yeah. things you enjoy doing that yeah. make you feel good. I think that's a great bit of advice. This is why baking helped when it did. It, lovely, yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, accept who you are. Aww. Don't be down on yourself. How many times do I say you beat yourself up, you just end up beaten? Nice. Yeah? And even if you're struggling, accept that that's okay to be there at that time. You know, that that's all right. And finally, great one, care for others. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So look, there's this this thing about feeling good about you. Mm. Yeah, I've said this before. Happiness doesn't come from having things or doing things or being with people. It does, but that's the transient. <laughs> Let me jump that in before yeah. I say anything. <laughs> but that's the transient stuff. Yeah. That's the momentary stuff that will shift from moment to moment, day to day, week to week. The stuff that remains constant is who you are. Yes. Yeah. No matter where you are or who you're with or what you're going to do, you'll always wake up 
as, as you, you in yeah. the morning. So you need to feel good about that. Caring for others and offering them support mm. can be a great way of increasing how you feel about you mm. and therefore putting a lot less pressure on yourself. Will we care for each other? We certainly do. Mm. I should say so. Mm. Um, but the, a caveat there, don't sacrifice yourself yeah, to care for Yeah, not at the expense of your own yeah. health and well-being. This is why I like that in there as number 10 on their list, but I also think it should come with a, a little, <laughs> you know, but val- but look after yourself, mm. person, parent. Um, anyway, so that's the World Federation. Yes. I want, and we've got, what, I've probably got about well, we have five minutes left, so I want, to, I want to zip through my ones, the things I do. Yeah. And maybe you can tell me if you agree with these or if you do these or if you've got anything to add to it, yeah? Go for it. First one, sleep. Absolutely. Sleep is the number one list on mental health management. Sleep is like one of my favourite things to do. Yeah, I'm shocked it isn't on the World Federation list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the day, I see people and they'll tell me about times when, I don't know, they had psychotic episodes yeah, yeah. or where they had breakdowns. And you do a little bit of investigation into what they, they were going through. Sleep. It was enti- it wasn't the lack of sleep was fueled by something. Yeah. High yeah, anxiety yeah. or depression yeah. or something like that. But it was then the lack of sleep that caused them to have a, a you know, a legit like a spiral. Yeah. yeah, a legit mental breakdown, you know. Mm. So sleep is absolutely paramount. And I get that some people struggle with sleep. All I'm saying is schedule in enough time to get your sleep. Yeah. And if and, you know it takes you an hour to get to sleep, go to bed an hour earlier. Exactly, exactly. Don't put pressure on yourself to be asleep at that very moment your head hits the pillow mm. or you won't get enough sleep. Mm. Just, yeah. Also, if you it. find that you're sleeping in slightly later than, AK, like, you know, the quote unquote, the average person, mm. so what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This is absolutely from personal experience here. Yeah, it is. Because I know if I don't get 10 hours of sleep a night, yes, you heard me, 10. Um, <laughs> I am not a nice person to be around. Yeah. So we go to bed at a normal time and then I will sleep till about eight, half eight. And I used to think, oh, I'm so lazy or I'm getting mm. up at eight, half eight. No, if I get up earlier or if I go to bed early, like, I just feel shit. Why would I put myself through that? And I know there's mums and dads listening to this saying, get up at eight, half eight mm. when the kids have got to be at school at eight, half eight. So you go to bed early. Yeah. And then you're thinking, but the kids have got to be put to bed. Whatever you need to do yeah. to manage yeah. your sleep. And if you need to like sleep in the afternoon when nothing's Having going on, when, yeah. then do it. Because sleep is the most important job you will do Absolutely. of any day of your life. Yeah? Absolutely. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll get off that soapbox. We spoke, we spoke about that ad tedium previously, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> second one. Uh, we take time together, me and you. We do. We put time together in our diaries and we don't we don't sacrifice that time. And not time working together or not time, you know, podcasting together. <laughs> this um, doesn't count. Yeah, exactly. We There's two things here. It means I won't be thinking about work when I'm with you, mm. which is a taking a break, yeah. Mm. But it also means that we get to, you know, look after each other. Yeah. And we get to have fun times together. Yeah. So we have like a date night every week. Yeah, we have we a brunch have, date. We have a brunch date every week. We so have a theatre theater date every month. Exactly. These are things that we put in our diary and we don't we don't sacrifice. Yes. They are they are hot they are fixed points in time. Doctor <laughs> Who reference. Yeah. Yes. Um thirdly, I, I do fair amount of self reflection. Uh, in a okay. positive way and I know this this could some people could be listening to this and say if I think about things too much that's what makes me spiral that's where I am yeah <laughs> I get my that. brain we've already spoken about how my brain does not work like the average human um <laughs> that I'm slightly maybe more more neurodiverse than nice than, to coin a, to coin a, to a coin little buzzword thank you term. yeah I, I I don't if I if I over reflect and I, I know for you like you have a to-da list you know, you're yeah, very yeah. happy with your to-da list, where Tim <laughs> writes a list of things he's already done. Um, Ta-da. And, that, <laughs> and that helps him. Whereas me, I will literally, 
I write a list, I do the list, that's it, I'm done, I go away. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But, but this is the thing, so my, my work that I do on me, I think very much about the Kaizen effect, yeah, which is just one step at a time. Little, oh, I little, like the Kaiser juice. No, no, I didn't mean that. <laughs> uh, tiny little changes mm. that add up to big improvements over long periods of time. Oh, nice, that yeah. consistent improvement, and that's what I'm talking about. So it, it won't be right for everyone, but I no. know when I'm on my walks of the morning, mm. just thinking about things and, and having a little bit of space just to, you know, compartmentalise and yeah. do the file it really helps me a great deal oh, yeah. um, not for me but thank you <laughs> <laughs> uh, fourth one uh, I hate the word discipline but I, I, can, I can't think of another way of putting this but being disciplined with my work time time management time management you could put but what I'm talking about is that when I'm working mm. I feel a lot better mm. when I've worked towards goals and actually done something than I do if I feel like I've just been chasing my tail and not getting much achieved yeah 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 so, uh, so I manage that by you know you've mentioned the to-da list um, <laughs> by, by declaring what I've, I've done in the last hour and it keeps me accountable yeah. for I, in, a, in an hour's time I'm going to have to write down what I did <laughs> what am I going to put? You know what I mean? It's almost, I don't yeah, want to yeah, read yeah. this list back at the end of the day. Yeah, and it was all, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Procrastinated a little bit, you know, so I don't want that to be there, you know. Yeah. So, it, so being slightly disciplined with my work time helps me at the end of the working day switch off because, yeah, I did some good stuff today. Yeah, that's you know? good. Um, next one, recognize my achievements, which is sort of yes, a similar thing. Yes, and also backs up what we were saying. Was it last time, last podcast mm. uh, about um, what were we talking about? Not like self confidence, but like celebrating the little small wins. Yeah, exactly. Celebrating the small yeah. wins. Yeah, go listen to that one if you haven't already. But that we cover that, that in, in that's depth. A, that's a cornerstone of mental health management is making sure you you stop and pause and say, "Oh, that was good." Yeah, I, I did, did well that. there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've done that already today. That's good. You know, something like that. Um, it, it just helps you feel again self esteem. Mm. Um, next one I, I realized I'm doing this a lot this isn't a deliberate thing okay. but I did recognize it recently oh I'm doing that what? Uh, take life less seriously yeah <laughs> you should need to take it as seriously as I do <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I know that sounds weird because we've got serious stuff going on yeah but yeah yeah, yeah I suppose. <laughs> but in the grand scheme of things is it no. that's the thing isn't it it's like probably Things will work out okay in some degree. Yeah. So I don't have to sweat the details. Also, oh, this this might this might help you, people listening. This might make you spiral. If this makes you spiral, I can only apologise in advance. But the thing that honestly keeps me going mm. is, oh, 100 years from now, I'm going to be dead and no one's going to remember me. So none of it matters. Uh, you know None what? of it matters. I'm a big fan of realising how <laughs> insignificant our yeah. efforts are. I know it seems really <laughs> weird, isn't it? But... None of this matters. Yeah. Just be happy. Yeah, <laughs> I know, and I don't want to get too much into this because I have that thought of, well, when I'm when I'm dead, I, I will have no awareness of what I did or didn't do. Yeah, you know that. And again, I, I appreciate that may be a that terrifying might... thought to some. And here's the thing, you know, I I am I am terrified of not being here anymore. It's a thing that genuinely will mm. will make me panic at night. But the thought that oh well, once this time's done, that's it, is actually weirdly comforting to me because it's mm. like the fact that nothing matters yeah, yeah, yeah. is just incredible. Well, the, the thing that I, I hear you say a lot, and I know we spoke about this when you started your degree, mm. is that you're taking six years to do a degree. Yes. And I hear you say this to people all the time, that time's going to pass anyway. Might as well get so, a degree yeah, when, when it does come to the time <laughs> when that six years is up, mm. I'll have a degree in my hand rather than not. Yeah. And, and I think that's a lovely way of looking at what's going on, yeah. is that this time is passing anyway. May as well do something. Exactly, yeah. Mm. Um, number seven... <laughs> He said, looking at the new table he's just made, make stroke fix something. Tim made a table. Guys. I made a table. 
and I'm very pleased with it. You and should I, be. I look at it now. It's not a great table. Oh, it's a lovely table. You've done well. It's it's a it's a functional table. It's better than I could make. It's, it's got a certain shabby. I could only do it shabby chic style. I couldn't do it like well, proper carpentry. Shabby, <laughs> shabby, yeah, <laughs> just shabby style. But I'm um, doing things like make something, fix something, do something practical. Yeah, practical. It, yeah. It, you feel accomplished. You feel like you've done something. You've ticked something off your list. It's a really really good thing for your mental health because it's taking action. Absolutely. Um, I know that, and it's taking you out of that fog. Yeah. As well, I think. Well, you do a lot of crafting. Yes. You, you make things. Also, it's know? like it's like if you find, if you come upstairs and just I've made a lot of stuff. It's like, oh, Brit's not having a good day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then that's the thing. You do something with it. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you channel the way you're feeling, and mm. you say, right, what would make me feel good? It's like when you started doing Lego, <laughs> and I know it seems really, but you love doing. I your love Lego. doing Lego. It's yeah. like my mindfulness. Exactly. You know, people, people, some people color in. Yeah. Some people, you know, do meditate. Like, I like doing it. I like doing Lego. It's yeah, expensive, yeah. but I like doing Lego. But the good thing about that is when you finished it or when you stop, not just of you, okay, that occupied me, that mm. kept me feeling productive, but look at what I've made. Here's my Lego castle. Exactly. And yeah. I am 33 years of age. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, yeah, actually hobbies and stuff and, and, Absolutely. and you know, creating things is really good. Um, my final one, it's my, it sounds a bit cheesy, but oh, um, love and feel loved. Oh. So the, I... I realize i recognize my mental health is so much better because i have somebody next to me telling me all the time how much they love me and i have somebody to tell how much i love them all the time and and as long as they don't meet your wife then it's exactly as long as, the, <laughs> as long as those two worlds don't collide i'm all right yeah. no okay. oh, but, thank that's you. but and, I, and i know this is really so people who don't have a partner they're gonna say oh yeah all very well for you guys isn't mm. it sickeningly you know happy together but the point i'm making <laughs> is that that can be a friend that can be a colleague. That yes. can be somebody just saying, you know what? I really appreciate this also, or what you do. I am a massive advocate. Tell your friends you love them. Yeah, and you know what they'll tell you? That they love you too. Exactly. Like, it, I don't care if you feel embarrassed about it. I don't care if it feels silly. I don't care if you're like, well, I can't, it's a bit gay. Tell your friends you love yeah, them. That's it. And, and it should it should be okay to do that. Doesn't this come full circle? The yeah. whole idea about we should be able to say that to each other and just just inform each other about how much we value them mm. and what we feel is great about them. Because I tell you something, when they're not here anymore, you'll wish you had. Exactly, exactly. I think that's, the, you know what, that's, the, that's a, I've just closed my notebook. <laughs> yeah, I've just closed Ceremoniously. The page. I feel like it's like a Disney film now, just ending with the, the end. And they lived happily ever after Life. managing each other's mental health. Why not? Well, why not exactly? Well, happy World Mental Health Time. Well, mental health day, guys. Absolutely. Let's have a happy one. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, guys. I really hope that you got something positive out of this, as always, for our little World Mental Health Day special that we decided to record (laughs) on the day and hopefully get out on the day as well, if Tim can edit it and get it round quick enough. see how that goes. (laughs) (laughs) But no, thank you very much for listening. If you have enjoyed this, please come find us on social media and tell us. You can find me on Instagram at BritMarieBox. You can find Tim at TimBoxMindCoach. Tim also has a YouTube channel where he posts loads of videos about managing your mental health and emotional well-being so I highly recommend going to check it out Um, but we will speak to you next time and as always keep thinking outside the box thanks guys Bye 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 bye